0: Welcome to the Go Off Sis Podcast, brought to you by Dove Hair Care's Crown Collection, the first holistic hair repairing system designed for you. Hello. Hi, dears. How we doing? Welcome back to another episode of Go Off Sis. You are here with us. We are here with you. We hope you've been enjoying this capsule season presented by Dove. So, last time we talked about our hair in relationships with other people. And today, we're talking about our relationship with our hair and ourselves in pop culture. So, we're talking about the icons that inspired us, the styles we wish we never tried, and why wigs on TV still aren't sitting like they should. Because make it make sense, okay? And stay tuned because we also have the talented actress Novi Brown, best known as Sabrina on the BET dramedy series Sisters, who will definitely weigh in on this and a lot more, okay? So please stay tuned for that. But first, I, of course, have my beautiful, wonderful, brilliant Unbothered fam here, as always, to help shepherd these hair conversations. And we also have a fresh, new Unbothered team face to add a little extra sauce. You guys cannot see her right now, but I can. And she looks beautiful, radiant, and hair is already on 10 with her little pineapple wave going. So please welcome Jessica Hardy to the Roundtable. Tell the people who you are, Jess.
1: Hello. Um, I think you probably told everyone who I am better than I ever could, but I am Jessica Hardy. I'm the social video producer for Unbothered, and I'm very excited to be here. We
0: are excited to have you. So Jess, I mean that was a short intro, but tell us a little bit about you. Like, where you from? How you doing? You're like our resident Gen Zer, so give the people a little, a little bit more, so they can, you know, become a fan.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I'm a Pisces. I like to lead with that. Um, I'm from Georgia. I've lived in Texas for ten years though. I've been natural for four years, which was not by choice, but we'll get into that. And yeah, I like to run. I like to take photos and I like to listen to podcasts. So this is very fitting for me. Come on. Look at
0: that bridge. And of course, joining Jess and myself, I have my OG editorial crew here. Kathleen, why don't you reintroduce yourself to the people? How you
2: doing? Hi, Chels. I'm doing good. I'm Kathleen, Deputy Director Global here at Unbothered. Um, I'm usually... Coming at you from the six, from Toronto, but I am in LA currently, and I also have no hobbies and have no idea how to tell you who I am. So I'm um, having a little bit of an existential crisis over here. <laughs>
0: but you t- you talked to Michael B. Jordan last week, so things are I good. Didn't. You don't need
2: hobbies. <laughs> You're right. That's what I should lead with. Hi, I'm Kathleen, and I talked to my husband, Michael B. Jordan, last week. There you go. End of scene. <laughs> <laughs>
0: End of podcast. <laughs> Next episode, <laughs> we'll be talking about... <laughs> no.
3: And we have Steph joining us, too. How you doing, Steph? Hello. It's Steph here. I am the deputy director of... Enterprise from Bothered. Happy to be back for another season. I feel like it's been ages since I've been here. I don't know. Let me reintroduce myself in case anybody's new. I'm an Aquarius since Jess led with her sign. And since we're talking about hair, a um, little update, my locks are flourishing. Uh, if you remember when I first joined the podcast, I had little itty bitty little baby coils and now they're like fully grown locks and it's great. So yeah, that's yeah. my <laughs> that's my update and my introduction. Nice to be here. Nice to talk to you.
2: Love it. I did I not mention and, yeah. that that I'm a Capricorn, which is very on brand for me not mentioning that and then Steph leaving with it. <laughs> <So>. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> <laughs> FYI, in case you were wondering, and again, we have Nobi Brown after this conversation, who is also a uh, like real astrologer, so I'm sure she's going to um, weigh in on that too. But in the meantime... What is it? Meantime, in-between time? That's better. In the meantime, you in-between time. Yeah, Yes, there it is. <laughs> um, I want to get into our roundtable question, right? So we're talking about hair and our relationship with hair when it comes to pop culture. So I know we talked about our short hair inspo last time, but I want to talk about and expand this to the hairstyles that had us in a choke hold, okay? Like in the 90s, in the aughts. Jess, I know you're going to come with that like 2010 energy. We're yeah, ready for it just make (laughs) us feel old. This is it. But talk to us about what what hairstyle had us all in a chokehold when you were
1: growing up. I mean feather bangs for me were really big. I was really into like seen hair email hair but I didn't have enough hair to do that. So for me it was always just like a hot mess. I think like my mom at the end of the day I could go in and be like I want feathered bangs. I want you know a crazy like look and she'd be like you're going to get bumped ends. So I don't know what was going on. I don't know why. I don't know why the ends had to make that like curvature or why that was you know holding us back as a people but yeah, <laughs> that was that was the experience that I went through. Okay,
2: I want to go back to the emo phase, though, because yes. I, I know you're, you're young, uh, you. in theory, younger than me. Sure. But whatever, we can move past that. <laughs> do you know who Fifi Dobson is? If we're talking about the emo bangs, hair Mm-mm. in your face, do you know who
1: that is? No. I don't know. I don't know who Fifi is, and, and I don't want to disrespect Fifi because I'm sure she's a pioneer. But, um, yeah, shout out to Fifi.
2: You know, shout out to Fifi. Fifi Dobson is a Canadian queen for any of the youngins who do not know. She was doing emo, pop, rock, black girl before it was cool. When people were not recognizing her, she had to deal with a bunch of ish in this industry because of it. And uh, yeah, as soon as you said that hairstyle, I was like, my girl Fifi.
0: Ketley, why don't you sing us a few bars of some classic Fifi? Um,
2: Are you ready to be my everything? Anybody? Yeah, no, that yeah. sounds that sound pretty good. I was gonna,
3: jo- I was gonna join in, but I didn't want to embarrass myself. So
1: I'll, I'll just let you. I'm definitely gonna be embarrass rotation. myself. Just yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> was, it, it was not what I was envisioning. You know,
2: but oh, just a
1: pioneer. to it, okay? <laughs> yeah. I mean That was
2: I went, I went more. No, that of a ballad.
1: Yeah, but anyway, that was great.
2: I used to love that um, song though.
0: Me too. That was a classic. Also, I love some of her later catalog. Um, Just like a ghost, ghost, ghost. Yeah, 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 yeah,
3: yeah, 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 yeah. So, learn your history.
4: That's all the story, Jess. drag me. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> Kathleen wrote a whole amazing feature on Fifi on the site. She did. So, yeah. Oh, so,
1: yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, check it, it out. Her. Shameless plug.
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nice. Yes, yes, yes. Um,
0: all right, Steph, how about you?
3: Yeah. So I am such a 90s kid, like born right at the top of 1990. So when I think of hairstyles that had me in a chokehold, I think about growing up with my best friend and like we lived in box braids. Um, But not only did we live in box braids, we were obsessed with like the Moesha micro braids, which we weren't allowed to get because no one was trying to take those braids out for us when all was said and done. Um, But, like, we lived for those braids. Also, the wavy, like, crochet braids that, like, the hairstylist would, like, loop through your cornrows with the crochet hook. But the only thing about those was, like, if you went swimming or, like, if you had them in for a while, they would just kind of really easily slip out. So you'd be, like, out, like, fa-la-la-la-la playing in the neighborhood. And then, like, your the little wavy braids were on the ground, which was kind of embarrassing. But,
2: Yeah. <laughs> Oh, like a rogue twist. Yeah, I, I've been there. I know that yeah. struggle. Yeah, um, me too. <laughs> I <was gonna> say- <laughs> In I was adulthood. So, yes. Yeah. No, t- totally. Yeah, I was going to say the exact same thing, Steph. I was obsessed with the brandy micro braids. And I think because my mom didn't really understand them, she let me get them. And then there was no telling me after I got it the first time and I took them out myself. <laughs> Speaking of struggle, yeah, I was just obsessed with it. I just, I had the brandy braids. That was my whole personality. Wow. <laughs> Kudos to you for taking those out. That is commitment. Yeah, you that know what? That is dedication. I, <laughs> I also think that Black women in general have like a built-in level of patience that is higher than anyone else because of our hair. We've had to sit through these long ass appointments. I remember one session of micro braids took 18 hours once. I sat down for 18 hours, 20 hours getting my hair done. You can't tell me nothing. I have the patience of a Buddhist monk.
0: Was that in one sitting? You did that all in one sitting?
2: Yeah, wow. I think mean, we took I think we took bathroom breaks. I yeah. think we took water breaks, but yes. Wow. Did you have food? Yeah. Yeah, we okay, ate. just I checking. we ate. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> Back Wait, in I'm the sorry, 90s, I'm did you guys have food? <laughs> Wait, well, you great, know, because there was no Uber Eats, So I'm like, did you come with the lunch or like... Yes. How old do you think we are? <laughs> you know something? Nobody was even saying anything about age.
0: <laughs> Did you guys have refrigerators? Or were you preserving your meat with salt?
2: Whatever. We had delivery. We just, it was mostly pizza. Anyway. Okay. Yum. And you called them and yeah, you talked to
0: them. For sure. Wow, you said that with such
2: concern. Did you
0: have food?
1: <laughs> i was just i was worried for you
0: i appreciate the concern yeah. again we're just we're gonna be talking about the like distinction of pop culture trends for the rest of this episode so just plug in but i think the Aaliyah bangs the bangs over your eyes mm-hmm. remember when we all thought that she was cross-eyed and that was why she was doing that and that wasn't the case <laughs> remember and then she like took she stopped wearing those bangs and i was like oh my god like she fixed her eye and they were like, no, there was nothing wrong with it. It was just mysterious. <laughs> but I, it was the tiny braids, too, but also what I used to call, like, dookie braids. So, like, the big, now, which we call, like, jumbo poetic justice braids. But those with the um, burnt tips, you know, yes. with the lighter. Yeah, I, I can smell them right now. You know what I mean? Like, where it's just, like, and they were, like, if you move too much, they would, like, scratch you, to be honest. They were not at all. They were not soft. <laughs> so you had to be really careful about what you're doing but every summer when I would like you know get into a pool or go get water go go get water no uh they didn't have water back then either Jess (laughs) of course (laughs) I I would get the the dookie braids and that was just like my summer hairstyle
3: yeah it was those and like the the dookie bob with the burnt edges
2: too like the shorter version that like that curved like under the chin You know, I can I can smell those burnt edges. I can smell them right now. That the nostalgia of that. Whoo. Okay, so Jess, I have a question because we're all talking about our pop culture inspirations. We're talking about Brandy, Moesha. You were in the womb when
1: that show was on, probably. Um.
2: So, like, what? Who's the inspiration? What is the inspiration for you, coming from a different era?
1: I mean, I think growing up, I I wasn't really allowed to have MySpace, so. I would sneak and like look at the girls on MySpace and like kind of see what like the older girls were wearing. It was like kind of that scene look. Like I said, like black girls weren't really supposed to rock the scene look, I feel like, especially like the people around me. But we always found a way. So, yeah, there wasn't like anyone in particular, but it was just like a slew of, I guess, baby influencers. Right. Like there wasn't really influencers at that time. But like the girls I was following on MySpace or YouTube, that was like who I was looking to.
0: I mean, I think that's really interesting because for us, when we think about, like, pop culture, hair inspo, Kathleen, Steph, you know, we mentioned, like, Brandy, Monica, Aaliyah, the people we were seeing on the MTV and the VH1, you know, and the UPN, right? Like, and I feel like for you, Jess, you're saying a lot of your hair inspiration and a lot of some of the things that you were excited about, you know, whether it be, like, Emo or, like, Sini, which— love that. Again, I'm a Paramore fan, always and forever, Um, were from the internet, right? So a lot of your hair inspiration came from YouTube, like you said, or MySpace. And that was where you sort of picked up on trends versus TV, which makes sense, again, because of your age. But talk a little bit more about that, like the internet trends that you were starting to see and those baby influencers that you called them.
1: Of course. I mean, I think at that time, you know, the styles that I wanted, like telling my mom, like, I want a heavy bang and I want like this insane highlight. Like she didn't know how to do that and she was not willing to, but like you would go on YouTube and like, there's millions of tutorials. There's millions of people you can kind of follow. And so- They were kind of like my best friends at that point. They were girls that I was kind of living vicariously through. So even if I didn't have enough hair because it was getting burnt off every six weeks at the salon with a relaxer, I was able to follow along other people's journeys and kind of mentally take notes. When I get old enough, I'm going to give myself a zebra stripe or I'm going to give myself like a skunk tail. Yeah, we had Raven and we had Kiki Palmer and they were all like, of course, beautiful and amazing. But YouTube is where I lived to like get my inspiration.
3: That's so interesting because like, When I think about like when I was in college and all the girls were going natural, for example, I feel like most of the examples that we had were on TV. But then like when it came to learning about how to care for our hair in a way that we weren't used to, like that's where we went. Whereas just your generation, like now when you log on YouTube, there are so many tutorials like you can literally find a tutorial for any sort of style that you want to do. And to your point, Steph, about how things change so much like now, it's
0: TikTok. Like, it's all the TikTok girlies. And something that Maya, who you all know from this podcast and who is our associate social strategist, says is that she learned all of her stuff. She mentioned on the last episode from YouTube University and TikTok Academy, right? Like, everything that she does with her hair and as our audience has seen, her hair is absolutely magnificent. And so just thinking about now, like, if I were to go on TikTok to understand how to do my hair I feel like I would have actually a much better understanding (laughs) than I actually do right now but as when you were going on to like YouTube Jess and sort of figuring that out like were these things that you were like emulating hairstyles or things that you were just like oh like you said like I wish I could do it but I can't like did you feel like you actually could learn those styles and could actually like do them from these
1: clips Yeah, I think it was a mixture of both. Like, there were some things that, like, I knew I was not bleaching my hair. But, like, Mm. because my hair—my hair has always been, like, um, kind of, like, this symbol of beauty in my family, even though I didn't have a lot. And so— I wanted to see, like, I would always look up, like, short hairstyles for, like, a messy bun because the messy bun was, like, huge in 2015. Like, I was always kind of, like, see if, like, YouTube could fit the look I wanted to do in order to achieve this trend that, I mean, I went to to school with a lot of white people. The kind of look of beauty that was, like, surrounding me, I didn't know how to achieve that, and I kind of looked to YouTube and looked to honestly, like influencers that didn't really look like me at that time and see if I could emulate that. And then as I started getting older and the natural hair movement started coming in my algorithm, I started to kind of like accept myself a little bit more.
0: I think you're you're tapping into something that I want to dig into a little bit about like who you actually saw, right? Mm-hmm. Like on screen to even like emulate and to understand because, and we've talked about this a little bit. I, I also went to school with a lot of white people and Kathleen was out in Canada somewhere. When we are faced with, you know, a lot of our peer group, right, growing up, doesn't have the same like texture hair as us, and maybe doesn't understand how we even get our hair done. And even you can't explain, hey, like, I'm getting my relaxer touched up, right? Mm -hmm. Like, what Mm does that doesn't even mean anything to a lot of our peers at that time, then you're looking to YouTube or to TV. And so as we're talking about pop culture, I think it's important to sort of touch on the fact like, who did we see that was in pop culture that was rocking their natural hair or was even trying to do a messy bun, right? Like the idea of also doing a messy bun, like my mother would never let me out of the house with a messy bun, That's why. And that's something that we need to talk about because that means your hair isn't done. If my hair is in a messy bun for Black people, which is a whole other set of trauma. And we can still talk about that because it still happens today. So I want to talk a little bit about, did we see examples of natural hair or hair that felt attainable for us outside of just tutorials? Who were those people that maybe had that hair that we could actually emulate?
2: I mean, I will say that I did not see it as far as like, I'm actually very jealous. I think now when I look at the pop culture landscape and we've talked about, I've talked about on this podcast, the like limits of representation, just like stopping the conversation that representation matters. I think it goes way beyond that. But where I will say that representation does really freaking matter is when we're talking about hair. And I did not see natural hair on television or in on pop stars, uh, black pop stars when I was growing up. And that's why like micro braids, the brandy braids that we talked about were like the closest, I feel like to natural hair, quote unquote, that I saw. And that's what I tried to emulate because everyone else, like I was looking at Beyonce, the other two members of Destiny's Child, Kelly and Michelle, like they all had s- straight weaves, wigs, whatever it was at the time. I loved Whitney Houston. I was obsessed with Aaliyah, as we mentioned, and all of those people. When I would try to straighten my hair or I would go get a relaxer, my hair did not look like that. And I didn't understand. I didn't have the knowledge and the language to know that that wasn't their natural hair. I didn't know about weaves really. I didn't know about wigs. And so I wasn't trying to be like the white girls. I wasn't trying to be white. I was trying to be like these black celebrities that I saw, but my hair did not do what their hair did. And so then I would feel like I was failing, but I didn't see like just natural hair on television ever.
3: You know who did rock their natural hair on television that I don't think gets enough credit? I'm thinking about that So Raven. Like Raven had cute Hairstyles. Mm-hmm. She had like the cute, like side swoop, or she'd do like big curls with flowers, or cute like hair accessories and stuff. But it was always like straight for the most part. But the actress who played—I forgot her name—but the actress who played Raven's mom, I really feel like seeing her on that show was the first time that I considered that maybe one day, somewhere in the future, that I would rock my natural hair. Because when I saw her, it was like, oh, you can wear twists and be cute and make that a style. Or, like, put your hair in some plaits and put on a cute outfit and make that a look. I would always gravitate toward her mom's hair. And I feel like people don't give her enough flowers.
0: Really great point. And her name is Takia Crystal.
3: Yes, Takia Crystal. Yes. Kamaya. Yes. Shout out to her.
0: Shout out to her. Yes, we give our flowers on this podcast. Always. It's a really, really good point. Because I, I haven't thought about that in a really long time. But you're absolutely right. And I think, again, like, seeing textured hair and not always necessarily the hair that you see on like a Tracy L. Ross. it's beautiful hair. And for her to wear it out in girlfriends was amazing. And I remember that, that was like, just like seminal. But Kathleen, I, I had the same experience that you did where I was like, my hair doesn't do that. Like it just doesn't do that. And I felt like, again, if I would try to do that side swept, you know, Raven look or wear it out, it just would not look the same. And I felt like oh my gosh, like, I am just not cute. I just don't have it. And I feel like that's very much something now that young people do have. And there's so many more opportunities to see that, which is amazing. But it was definitely something that I had to, like, unlearn for myself of like, okay, that's not how my hair works. That's okay. This is how it does work. But also I feel like one thing I will note is that, like, I I could never get it to like fall, you know, and maybe this is the feathering that we're talking about, or maybe it was that my stylist couldn't do a, like a layering because it would just sort of like fall flat. And I would be like, but I just want it to go like this
1: yeah, a right bump. now. You know what
0: I mean? Yeah, I want it to have like a slight bump. And I don't know if that was like, Jess, did you ever achieve that in your silk press days?
1: Let me tell you something. It was no such. I, does a relaxer count as a silk press? Because I had a relaxer for like ten years, like 10, 15 years, and every time I got my relaxer, it was like I always knew when I was done, it was never going to look what, like the way I wanted it to look because it was going to be super like flat and stuck to my head, and they were going to straighten it weird. Like I think they put too much product on it, but it wasn't giving like mm. I still wanted body, but I didn't want like maybe it's y'all like bumped in moments when you had the braided bob and like y'all were all doing that same look. So maybe that's why, maybe that's where the trauma starts.
2: And it's also like, it goes back to the lies that the media tells us because we just did a big story about finding out that the girls on those relaxer boxes weren't actually using the relaxers that they were telling us that they were using. And so when we would internalize this stuff and be like, I, I'm not beautiful. My hair's not doing the thing it's supposed to do, like the girls on the box or the, whoever I see on TV. It's because they were all lying to us. <laughs> like it's because it just wasn't. That's not how you're not going to. Take a relaxer box and then get Gabrielle Union's hair or Tracy Ellis Ross's hair or Beyonce's hair. Like that's just not how that should work. That's not how that works. Um, And I just, again, just going back to the representation, like it is so, so important not only to just see it on television and to just see these different styles of hair like insecure every week was just like this beautiful um, menagerie of black hair, natural black hair, but not even just seeing it. But now that we have YouTube, TikTok, all that people telling you how you got there. And here's the like 18,000 step process for that. And that I think is like so important and so exciting, truly. Like I'm jealous, but also excited for this next generation.
0: Yeah, it's the hair education that I just don't think we had, right? Like, whether it's knowing that, like, the people on the boxes, that's a scam. Like, that's not what they used. Or just understanding our own hair textures and different hair types. Like, it took me forever to learn that, like, my entire head is not one texture, Right or that like you know how to actually like care for your edges or to understand what products actually work for you and what products may work for your friend, your sister, whoever, but aren't correct for your hair type and the like actual makeup of your hair and I feel like that's something that is very much something that the younger generation is investing in and something that I I really and truly never learned. So the only things I knew about my hair were from some was from someone who was like. I don't know how to do my hair. <laughs> so I cut it off. And I feel like those are the the lessons that we learn from our hair are very much inherited in a lot of ways.
2: And even like what hair porosity is, like porosity was not a word that I grew up on at all.
1: No, I mean, just even going back to YouTube, like the word porosity, knowing your hair, knowing the science behind your hair, having that kind of collective, like of so many different types of Black women or just Black people in general breaking down the science of her hair and realizing, like, why is it not growing or what is going on? Like, it's it's almost like a revolution. Yeah, even
3: going back to those early natural YouTube days, that's where I learned about hair porosity. And I remember discussing it with my mom. And that's how I learned that I needed particular products for my hair, like in order for it to flourish. When I first went natural, I was using a lot of products that were very light. I was living in South Florida where it was very hot and humid. And so to me, I was like, okay, it's hot. I don't want to be caking on products into my hair and like suffocating my scalp. So I'm going to use like lighter creams and things like that. But over time, I learned that if you have high porosity hair, that means that your hair is probably going to drink up a lot of the products you put in it. That's at least the case for my hair. My hair is thirsty. So I co-signed with you, Jessica. YouTube taught me so much about my hair texture, what works for it, um, what doesn't work for it. Even now, like as a, a locked girl, like a lot of what I understand about my hair comes from that early generation of natural hair influencers on YouTube.
0: And so Steph, was that a conversation with your mom in terms of like, she was telling you what she used and you were like, oh great. Or was that something where you were like, oh, what you're using doesn't work for me?
3: It was kind of a combination of things. So my mom actually had gone natural before I did. We have different textures of hair. So I have more of like a 4B, 4C texture, high porosity. Her hair is more of like 4A, 4B. So her curl pattern is a little bit looser and she's low porosity. So the types of products that we use are different, but because she already had that relationship with her hair and had a little bit of that knowledge, she was able to come to me. She did my big chop, by the way. My mom was the one who chopped off all my hair the first time. She was able to feel my hair and be like, okay, it feels like you probably have high porosity hair. So I recommend that like you try these products out, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, so it was really trial and error- her experience, YouTube. We're learning in real time together, honestly.
0: So what I think is interesting also about this is as we're talking about sort of like the lessons we've learned from our mom and the lessons we're passing down to our kin or just the next generation, Jess, you, I think one of the things that I also want to think about is like, again, understanding (laughs) different textures of hair and making sure that those conversations are had out loud, right? Whether they, again, are with your mom or with your friends or with your audience, right? Because something that I still think which we haven't yet touched on is the way that representation of hair is still. We still have a long way to go. Like yes, we have the Tracee Ellis Rosses, we have all of the great folks who are doing that work now, but I still think there is a problem even for this generation when it comes to showing our hair on camera and showing it real in real ways. And I obviously know that there are a lot of different reasons for this. One is that I, you know, if I'm an actor and actress, I do not want someone tugging on my hair every week, but when we still think about TV shows, and Kathleen, when you're covering things for Unbothered, right, and you're like, hey, how does the hair look? Those are the first questions that I think of, again, when I see a Black woman on screen. Hey, how does that hair look? I still think that, like, we have a long way to go, even with so many examples. It's like, how are we still in a situation where seeing hair on television Seeing it on screen uh, is my response 70% of the time. (laughs) How is that
2: possible? We've heard it from almost every one of those, like, quote-unquote, token black girls and all of the things that we watched growing up. Monique Coleman on High School Musical, Amber Riley, Glee, Kat Graham, Vampire Diaries. They have all come out and said, I was on set and nobody knew what to do with my hair. So they would either say, okay, you're good as is, which the white girls, were while they were getting full hair treatment— they would have to go out and say whatever. Or, you know, Monique said she was in these like struggle wigs with hairbands. And even back then, when I did not have the language or the knowledge, I knew that they were doing Monique dirty. Like, I knew that that oh, yeah. did not look right and that she wasn't getting the treatment that, you know, Ashley Tisdale was getting on that set. And yeah, so there's a lot of reasons. And I think that some of them, 20 years later, still exist in that there aren't enough black hair stylists on set. So it's it's still a struggle. And we we always know. I was just watching Rosario Dawson on Dope Sick, this random show that has nothing to do with it. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, it's, it has to do with the opioid crisis. It's actually very dark. But anyway, her wig in that movie, in that series, is so bad. It's so bad. And it's distracting. And I just, it needs to be more of a priority, truly. Put the budget in the wigs.
0: <laughs> no, it's true. I mean, your audience will reward you. Like, we will we will absolutely be like, oh, that's a great wig. Or like, hey, like, they styled their hair so beautifully. I think that's one of the reasons. I mean, there were a, a number, but that's also one of the reasons why I loved Insecure because Issa's hair was so beautifully styled naturally, right? But it felt really accessible. It was very much like, oh, that's a style I could do. I would rock that. Like, that feels very realistic versus I know, you know, for instance, Rosario Dawson's character had no friends. You know, I know she had no friends because literally, if any of you let me walk out of the house looking like that, I would come after you, (laughs) okay? (laughs) So it takes me out of the moment because like, I'm like, I can't trust this character. She has no friends. She has no real (laughs) friends. So I cannot trust, no, I'm so serious. This is what I think. I'm like, I cannot trust anything she says right now because no one likes her, clearly.
2: (laughs) Shalita Grant plays Sherry Conrad in season two of You, season three of You. Anyway, look her up. She's great. Anyway, she talked about how like, to get into character, she was like, who is this person? And her my her hair informs who she is. And so if her uh, relaxer is all wonky or weird, it's, yeah, she had no black friends. And that character had no black friends. And so she's like, the hair was like kind of relaxed all weird and like wasn't great. And it's like, but that's exactly who she would be. So it wasn't like, you know, a director on set being like, your hair has to be relaxed because of some white supremacist bullshit. It was like, no, this she is a suburban black girl, husband is white, she lives in a white neighborhood. She would have this this relaxed hair that's kind of struggle because her friends would not know better.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. And that makes me appreciate some actors and their choices more. I just wish we didn't always have to choose sometimes. And we we had the opportunities and the options.
1: I think one thing that I've noticed throughout the conversations that we've had, when I'm thinking about the women that I grew up seeing with natural hair, it was Alicia Keys, it was Tracy Ellis Ross, Tia and Tamara. And it was, it was nice to see that on television. But just taking a step back, I've noticed that it was a lot more, it was women who were usually lighter skin that I think were encouraged to wear their natural hair. And I don't know what kind of effect that had on me as a child to kind of see that. I think having an identity crisis at like six and wanting to look like Tia and Tamara or Tracee Ellis Ross and knowing that my hair type didn't look like that definitely affected me. And it almost made me not that I didn't like love who I am or maybe I do now. Maybe I didn't when I was like six or seven, but it encouraged me. I wanted to be light skinned because I felt like that was the pinnacle of like black beauty because they were allowed Mm. to be exactly who they were without having to conform to be like anyone else, you know? And of course I had Kiki Palmer and Raven and all that, and they were amazing and they were doing their thing, but they all had straight hair because I think like texturism and colorism plays a huge part in the entertainment industry and being allowed to just be who you are. So when we talk about Issa Rae and we talk about all these amazing black women who are showing up as themselves, it's so nice to see like this kind of shift as we're like moving forward.
2: 100%. That's such, yes, just let's just take that in. Amen, Jess.
0: Truly, because you are absolutely right. And I feel like the more that we can have these conversations the better the wigs will get hopefully <laughs> and the hope. more the more opportunities and access to people of all different shades and just really all different like walks of life and experiences to be shown on camera and for us to be able to see it because if you can't see it you can't do it and also just honestly love the hair that grows out of your head i'm still on that journey so if you need to hear that today Love you. You're beautiful. And you don't need to be on screen for it. You're beautiful just the way you are. Thank you so much for sharing your stories and just digging into all of the dramas and the traumas, again, of hair. But ultimately, like, our crowns are beautiful again. So just hold yours up high because, wow. Like, also, we can do everything with our hair, so just as a reminder. But, of course, we have reached the end of our discussion, but that doesn't mean it's over. Oh, no, 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 no. Yes, my dears, that's correct. We still have the Don't At Me, all right? And if y'all need a reminder, the Don't At Me is the part of the discussion that we use to tie a bow on our conversation, give y'all some food for thought, and just some energy to move about your day with. And in case the title wasn't clear, you can't at us. Okay, nothing, nunca, none, nine, no, hurt emoji. And for this one, we have the lot goddess herself, Miss Stephanie Long. Take it away, Steph. Tell us about ourselves.
3: If you've been following my unbothered journey, then you remember when I wrote about the time that I shaved my head after a breakup. It was August 2018, and when I saw nothing but scalp in the mirror after all was said and done, I almost regretted it. I thought about what other people would think, and I thought about how the older Black girls in my neighborhood would tease me for being a quote-unquote bald-head little girl. After all, many of us grew up believing in the cultural commandment that thou shalt not cut off all that pretty hair." which I now know is a projection of the harmful ideologies inherited by those around us, rooted in white supremacy and Eurocentrism. The shock I felt while looking at my reflection lasted all of five minutes, however, because when I saw the way that people's heads turned as I walked out of that barbershop and when I realized that the absence of my hair allowed me to actually see myself when I looked at my reflection— I found that I actually felt the most beautiful I had ever felt. I had, in essence, reclaimed myself. Black women and femmes are beyond deserving of flowers for the ways we've reclaimed our crowns and ourselves throughout history. We've pushed through years of racism and discrimination to get here, and though folks may never stop trying to police our hair, Whether at home, on the streets, or in the workplace, we hold our heads high and we rock our crowns proudly. Not only that, but we've made hairstyling an art form, y'all, and we have so many icons to thank for the ways they've inspired us. Brandy, Raven-Symoné, Tracy Ellis Ross, Ja'Nay, Grace Jones, Angela Davis, Issa Rae, Rihanna, Destiny's Child, Fifi Dobson, the list goes on. Shout out to the YouTube influencers who helped us build healthy relationships with our hair as well, no matter the texture or porosity, when we had nowhere else to go. And shout out to our matriarchs. Now, we're still upset about each and every time y'all bumped our ends when we asked you not to, but the foundation of our flyness began with you. And so we thank you wholeheartedly and truly. Sure, the journey may have come with a bald patch or two, whether from two tight weaves or the wrath of a hot comb. It may have come with a lot of internal reckoning and shedding of white lies as we embrace our natural curls for the very first time. But it's through this journey, whether you're rocking locks, wigs, braids, bundles, a fade, or a TWA, that we have evolved into the royal trendsetters that we are today. We are mercurial, we are innovative, We are the blueprint. And forget what anybody told you. There is no such thing as good hair. Just black hair. And black hair is everything. Don't at me.
2: I know that's right. I love it. Come
0: on, bars. (laughs) Black
3: hair, care,
0: all the wear. Yes. Wow. (laughs) There are billions of people in the world, but only one you yes you queen okay and with a million hair care products out there there is one made especially for royalty like yourself Dove's new crown collection has something crafted for our coils curls and waves with plant-based squalene probiotics and vitamins Dove's first of its kind holistic health repairing system is designed to cultivate and protect with the intention to go beyond repair for melanin-rich scalps and naturally textured hair. So adjust your crown, stay nourished, and go to Dove.com to learn more. Okay, today we have a very special guest and a true goddess, all right? She is an actress, an entrepreneur, a natural hair advocate, a philanthropist, and also an astrologer because we love a multi-hyphenate, all right? You can catch her on Tyler Perry's hit series, Sisters on BET, which has now aired over 100 episodes. Come on, syndication, all right? She can also be found in romantic comedies such as The First Noel, Holiday Hideaway for BET+. She's also the host of Conversation and Constellations, the first astrology talk show, bringing her big Scorpio energy. Please welcome Novi Brown to Go Off, Sis. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Chelsea, you might have to come with me, girl. We might have to come do this. on. Introduce Let's go on the like
0: road. <laughs> <laughs> come on, right? You walk into restaurants. Come on, wah wah womp. That's how we do it here <laughs> at the Go <Girl laughs> Offices Podcast. So, um, big Scorpio energy. So, when's your birthday? What kind of Scorpio are we talking? Late October or November? November, the best
4: one, November fifteenth. Oh. And I do Wait, have really? five plan. Yes, why? That's my sister's birthday. Then you know what it is. Yes. Oh, my God. See, see. Oh, wow.
3: What were you about to say, though? You had how many planets and what now? I'm curious. I'm sorry.
4: Oh, I have like five planets in Scorpio. So I'm like a real, like, Scorpio. I have Sun, Mercury, Venus, Pluto. I got, I got, I'm Scorpio, baby. Like, for real.
0: So you got some mystery, but you got that stinger. But you are loyal as I don't know what. Yes. So, yes
4: yeah yes. yeah and honestly i don't sting i don't really believe in Ooh, um okay i don't believe in physical revenge i believe in like let me be successful so now you can't i can only imagine what all my ex niggas would be thinking right now you know what i'm saying like the motherfucker who cheated on me and shit like that now now what now oh, what you gonna do come on <laughs> <laughs> it's the best your success beyonce is a scorpio moon she says it all the time yes yeah, the Yes, Stephanie. Hmm. Wow, that makes so much sense Hmm. though. It doesn't it? If we're really thinking about the energy and she always Mm -hmm. says the best revenge is your paper or like your Mm -hmm. success, you know, things of that nature. And just being able to fortify yourself and rebirth yourself out of any situation. That is what Scorpio does. We are regenerators, rebirthers. I'm the type of person, you meet me, your life will change after we meet, right? Whether you're making, I've had exes who've been with me and then, they make more money after we break up because I'm just not the type of person to sit around and just let you be who whatever is going on, right? This is a this is a game of evolution, so we gotta evolve. Mm. And Scorpio represents the tunnel, is the change maker, the transformation. It's the psychologist, and it's also the sign of crisis, deep crisis. So a lot of people trust me with their crisis situations. Like there's just certain people in the world that you feel, you know what I'm talking about, you already know. Yeah. Wow.
0: Okay. So we're going to get into all of this astrology goodness, but I just, I just had to ask because I was like, there's something very familiar about you and that's it. That's what it was. So, okay. So we're going to dive into that, but we also, our last episode, we dove into like our, this, cause we're right now, these next few episodes, we're talking all about our hair, right? And our relationship with our hair. And again, as a natural hair advocate and For those of you who cannot see right now, her curls are popping and so is the skin. It's just all so beautiful. So we wanted to sort of take it back. And last episode, we were talking about our relationship with our hair and our exes or our currents or our future exes. And we were really just sort of diving into that relationship with our hair. And this episode, we're talking a little bit about how hair out in pop culture has affected us and how we really came to have a better relationship with our hair or are still working through that. And so for you, as giving big Scorpio energy and you just know who you are and you everything you touch makes other people's lives better, too. When you think about sort of your hair journey, how did you start to have a healthy relationship with your hair? Did that start early? You always knew or, or did that come later for you?
4: Definitely came later for me. My mom has been mostly natural or, you know, short, short, you know, the 90s cut. That was my mom. She like had the high top type of vibe. Then she started perming her hair and did the knee along, the cute, yes. everything. And that was a moment if y'all weren't around, sorry for y'all. But for me, my hair journey was I was at the hair salon on Saturdays every two weeks, get my hair pressed, then there for eight hours for, I don't know why your hairstyle got been around for eight hours. It don't take that long for no press. But um, yeah, I was getting my hair permed at a young age because I'm pretty sure I'm the one that advocated for it and asked because I was surrounded by other people with straight hair. I went Mm -hmm. to many, many predominantly white schools, so I didn't get to see afros, right? And at that time when I was growing up, this wasn't a thing. So it actually was a happy accident for me in my early 20s. (laughs) So remember the time when Tom Cruise and Katie Holmes were together and they were like doing their Mm -hmm. thing Mm -hmm. and they had the matching short haircut, right? Mm -hmm. I went into the Dominican salon where they don't speak English and I showed them a picture of a white woman. Mm. Wait, you showed them Katie Holmes? I showed them Katie Holmes. Okay. I was like, oh, I want this haircut. (sighs) I want this haircut. And um, hopefully the people at home who are listening can understand how deeply delusional that is, right? Where I am thinking, Mm -hmm. oh, okay. I see this type of person so much around me That subconsciously, I'm trying to copy or assimilate or whatever, the energy, right? Now, of course, there were other people with their haircut at that time, but that was not my first reference because the specific cut I liked was her cut. Mm -hmm. I went to the Dominican salon and obviously they didn't understand what I said, but those are my girls. I go there every week. So they cut and Jack, baby, I could not even touch the back of my head. There was no hair. My hair was like down here, down past my shoulder and cut, cha -cha 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 cha but it was the best thing that ever happened to me. It was the best thing that ever happened to me because I had been auditioning prior to that just starting kind of my career. I cut my hair and now I look like my mom. I had the short with the the you know like it was long in the front and I just didn't even know my curls anymore at that time. I was working at Urban Outfitters and I had that circle scarf. Remember that circle scarf that was really popular? T- I used to work there and I know exactly what you're talking <laughs> about. I had like 10 different styles.
0: <laughs> that was it. Oh, you couldn't tell anyone anyway. The infinity scarf. Yes. The yeah, infinity scarf. Yeah.
4: And so I remember the day I got my haircut, I had to go to work and my mom came to pick me up because we li- I lived in New York City. I said, I did something to my head. And she said, what? I took my thing off and... The silence that came over her, you know, she was just shocked, and she said, "Well, you're gonna have to figure out how to take care of it now." I said, Mhm. So a few months in, I was learning how to take care of my hair. I was doing like the slick down, you know, and I started learning how to like play in my curls. I took the first headshots after that happened, and I booked the first job I got. Hmm. The first audition with my hmm. natural hair, I booked it. That's when my awakening began. It was through me trying to assimilate to this image that has nothing to do with me, trying to look like that, whatever that is, it messing up. But somehow, some way, the universe doors just opened up for me. And then that was the moment I realized that, oh, I can do life just by showing up as me, whatever that looks like. So that was my experience. That was my first experience with the natural hair wave.
0: Ooh. Wow. It's so funny because, again, like we've been talking this season, even when we were talking earlier in our roundtable, we talked about our experience with like either going to Dominican Salon and like half of your scalp is gone. Right. Or or even thinking about like some of the projections that we've seen in pop culture that, you know, you bring into a salon a picture of a Katie Holmes and think like, hey, this is what I'm going to look like when I leave the salon. And that that's that's not it. And, and so much thinking, so. Yeah.
4: So much so that I went on set like a few years ago because now I've been doing this for a long time. But I went on set a few years ago for this movie that I did on Lifetime and the hairstylist was an Asian woman and she showed me references of all white women. Mm. So then that made me question if you could do my hair, right? Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. you're showing me pictures of people that have nothing to do with my hair texture. And so that's how embedded this is into everything that we do. And I know people always want to be like, it's not that deep, no B, but it is. You know what I'm saying? It really is. Oh. Because how we dress ourselves, how we choose to even speak in rooms, the professionalism, I'm air quoting this, because what does that mean? Professionalism to a lot of Black people means whiteness. That's it. Because the way we do business, baby, in the braiding salon, at the shop, that's how we do business. We're at the barbecue and now we're meeting this person. To, oh, let's buy a house. Chelsea, you want to buy a house? Oh, yeah. Meet Uncle Ron. Yeah, he, know, me he, does, he does <laughs> construction and right. Like, but we we feel like we have to button up and OK, I have to be proper. And this is how I have to speak. And this is how I have to show up. And this is how I have. That's just not within our energy. That's why we never last long doing it.
0: Yeah, no. And I think that's really interesting because we, we sort of touched on this a little bit, but the way we show up and for you as an actress, that looks a lot different, too. So I, I'd love to sort of talk a little bit about that and talk a little bit about the presentation of hair right on screen and what that looks like, too.
4: Oh, yeah. It's so important. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, some people be like, oh, my God, her hair is too big. We have to smush it down because we can't get the shot. Like, what are y'all talking about? Just say you don't know how to do it. And then that will be a better conversation for us to start with. It's incredibly insulting that people of color have to have a law, the Crown Act. We have to have a law. Come on, Dove. Uh Thank you, Dove. We have to have a law passed just so people can't discriminate against us because of how we look. Who else gets policed as much as we do? Mm -mm. No one. No No one. one. And so that's why it's very, very important for me to stick to my guns, you know what I'm saying? And this is how I'm going to show up and you're going to respect me regardless. It is what it is. I'm still a very intelligent, kind person. You know, I'm here to be supportive, helpful. The way that I dress or my aesthetic shouldn't be something that causes distress to you. It's just hair, y'all. And it's just, it's very, very important to me to show up with locks on screen so Stephanie can see herself. How many young babies do we have in the world where their parents locked them down, right? The young babies with the locks, that's part of their culture, their lifestyle. And if we don't have on TV or in movies, a banker or a teacher or a CEO that looks like Stephanie, in that space, then she's not going to compute as a visual learning human being from a very young age that she can do those things. That's the point of creating these looks. You know, I create these looks on myself because it's, it's a be loud, be proud and do what you got to do and don't let no one stop you. Yeah. And
2: there's so much of what you touched on is what we've been getting into in this episode. And I want to go back to the set experience because you are on a show right now where you can wear locks, like you said, so that Steph can see herself so that people who have twists and locks get to see Sabrina looking beautiful in them. But we know that that is not the experience of so many Black actresses on set. We're hearing the stories, you know, a lot of the Black actresses that we grew up watching, they're coming out now and saying, I was on set, no one knew how to do my hair. And it was traumatizing for me. And so I just want you to speak from inside of it, your experiences on set, and and also what it's like being in a space now where you do have that freedom and that trust to wear your hair how you want
4: to. I'm very grateful for the hair team at TPS, Coco was my first hairstylist. I auditioned in those passion twists and she was like, I really love that hair. I said, great, me too. Can we do it? She's like, yes. Shout out to Shornell, who's now the head of hair. She's the one that actually got my locks human made. So they're reusable every season, which is like the human hair, right? So that's why they look so nice and so like real. And so I can crochet them in now every season which is fabulous. I'm very grateful for that experience. We go in there. It's the full salon. We got the bowls. We got the we got everything that we need, which is amazing. Unfortunately, there are still to this day, there are places that I go where I have to do my own hair, where I come with my hair washed and ready to go because I just don't know what to expect. I cannot put anyone else's image in my image in their hands. It's been done too much. And now it's hurting us that we've given it to other people for them to dictate how we should look and so forth. So... It's still a struggle. I think I read a story about another Black actress, and she was a series regular, and they damn near made her bald. And she had to quit the show because of her hair. Mm. Just think about that. Think how long she's been working for this goal. She's on a series. You have a regular paying job, but because she's not taken care of, she walked away. That's not fair that I'm sitting here with my white peers, and they're getting everything they need, and I'm being underserved. Because you guys are not looking to qualify in what we as Black people have. It's so
2: frustrating because also we, as we've talked about on this podcast before, like we know a lot about white hair. We just, yeah. just because it's a Too much. So the fact, too much. Too much. And it's not really our business. So the fact that there are professionals who don't know how to do texturized hair, who do not know how to do Black women's hair specifically, it's really frustrating. And then because, you know, in your line of work, it's, that is so much of your job to show up and feel confident in your hair that, yeah, I can imagine the frustrations that come with that. But also it's oh, so incredible it's that sisters exist, that Sabrina exists, that you exist because you are changing that and making it a, a better space now moving forward.
4: Yeah, it's super important to me, even down to my manager. My manager's like, OK, here's all of Novi's looks. Which one do you want? Because I'm giving you options and I'm also showing you different characters. So I'll do braids here. I'll do this. Everybody's like, why don't you wear your afro? I'm waiting for a special project to make that happen, y'all, for Mm -hmm. when it makes sense, right? But I'm being very strategic in what I want my images to look like in certain spaces. Am I going to slap on a wig? Absolutely, I'm going to slap on a wig, okay? Because that's a part of who we are as Black women as well. That that would be denying who we are. But is it my go-to look? No. And y'all gonna have to deal with that on set. You guys are gonna have to learn or you're gonna have to hire more Black people. See, this is the thing. See, guys, y'all know it's a thing. They do that so that they can't let the Black people in the union, mm-hmm. right? This Come is this is a whole...
0: yes. Lacey Redway, who is a a hairstylist um, who we had on the show a couple of episodes ago, actually mentioned this about, you know, only people who are in the union can do hair on set. And that's usually people who have been in the union or in the guild for years and years and maybe may not have the same level of, like, current expertise or understanding of new and different hairstyles as some of the people who are doing hair in their kitchens. Yes, exactly.
4: Yeah. It's really interesting. We have the expertise. It's not that we don't have the expertise. They don't want to give us a chance. And that's why as Black talent, I'm very, very, a huge advocate for hiring Black glam, Black hair, Black styling. It frustrates me when I see other Black actresses with a full white team. Yeah. Oh, Come on, that part, come on. You you get to choose, you get to choose who touches your face. You get to choose. You get to choose where that money goes, especially if you're a star, especially if you want to show in this, that, and the third. You get to choose. Speaking of
3: getting to choose, and I also want to go back to what you said about being strategic with your looks, right? Like, you know, you want to do a fro for this. You want to do twists for this. I would be remiss if I did not ask you, have you ever used your astrological chart to help you determine or plan your hairstyles, like we we have to know.
4: No, what's the team? I've never thought of that. <laughs> I've never thought of that, Stephanie. I, honestly, I wouldn't even know how to interpret
0: that in the chart. No, and I think that's that's also really interesting when you think about like the innovation that our hair allows, and I think even just Steph to your point, thinking about like how different moods or different moments in time, depending on where you are on in your chart or in your journey and where the planets are aligned, can affect the way that you want to do your hair and the way that, like, you want to show up. And I think for Black women especially, that there's an added pressure to that, but there's also really added passion to it because our hair is so connected to our roots and to, like, who we are in a lot of ways.
4: Our hair is historical. The reason why Black women are so attached to our hair because we know there's a deeper spiritual reasoning for it. And so that's why we... Feel so many things around this, I'm sure most people know, but if even if you look back in the historical context, there's so many stories about the white slave owners' wives being jealous of Black women and therefore making them shave their heads off so that they would not be desirable. Mm -hmm. Which by the way, we look fine, bald headed either way, so it really don't matter. But (laughs) then after that, we started wearing head wraps and the head wraps had messages and symbolism on them so we could actually communicate to one another. So this is not just for play play, this is what we do. You just grab that hair wrap for a reason, you're communicating something. And so that's just how, that's really how I feel about life. I believe that we do things very intentionally, regardless if we know or not. And I feel like this conversation in our space, it has been so loud because we're just trying to find self-worth. So all I'm positioning and all I'm asking our community is, okay, where does the impetus from your image actually come from? Who told you to show up like this? Mm and
1: why. Well, since we're talking about community, I wanted to ask the community that you have on social media and the conversations and the love that you get surrounding your hair, like what ways do you show off or kind of show pride through social media with different hairstyles?
4: I used to do hair tutorials all the time. I'm starting to get back into it. I'm a regular Black girl. Hello. <laughs> like I need <mean>, y'all to <laughs> not forget a regular, <laughs> regular schmegular. Yes, a <laughs> regular, schmegular black girl. Like I'm still doing my own hair. I'm still going to the hair salon and get my packs and all that. I just want us to play. I want black women. I want us to mind our black ass business. Stop worrying about racism. Stop worrying about all those other people and focus on us. Let's smell good. Let's look good. Let's eat good. Let's support each other. And that's it. Like all that other struggle bus and why does this person not like me and high value, low value, it's a waste (laughs) of time, ladies. (laughs) (laughs) Preach.
0: Yes. No, all of it. And I feel like it's fine. I'll be over here with my low vibrational plate, but don't worry about that. (laughs) (laughs) Truly don't worry about what's on my plate. Worry about what's on yours. Hydrate and mind your business. (laughs) And I feel like that's like also, yeah. And I feel like that's also just something that we're, you know, learning now, especially like post-ish pandemic, right? Of like learning how to like love on our hair and something that my sister told me during the pandemic when I was just, because I don't know how to do my hair and I've talked about it a lot on the podcast and I was so frustrated with my hair and I was so upset and I was like, oh my God, I hate my hair. It just doesn't do what I want it to do. And my sister said, your hair can hear you, Chelsea. So if you feed it, you have to feed it in the same way you're feeding your body, your mind, your spirit, like all the things that you're talking about, about the specific ways that we need to nourish ourselves and our hair can hear us. And so I, I think it that's can. really, really resonant with what you're saying.
4: Yeah. I'm feeling your sister. You know how it is. And it, they do say that the hair, is, you know, are the antennas to the spirit world. The head, the Ooh. crown, right? Also, usually when you are born, you come out head first. There's just so much symbolism mm. in so many things. I always say God is a poet first. Out of everything, God is a poet first. Just look at the symbolism of just birth coming out full heads of hair, things of that nature. The only reason why, Chelsea, you didn't like your hair at that time is because you weren't encouraged or encouraged to be educated about your hair. That's the only reason. And you're a full-ass adult. You're like, I know how to wipe my ass. I know how to pay my bills. I don't know how to do no damn braid in my head. Literally.
1: <laughs> Wait, so where do you go? I guess like who do you have anybody that like inspires you when you're doing your hair? I'd like to go to YouTube. i like to find different content creators who puts you on to new
4: styles. Absolutely. My number one reference, I look up African hairstyles. That's my number one reference. Mm. I, I'm sure you guys have seen that viral picture of all the African women with their heads to the back. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. it's white That's my reference. That is my baseline of where I'm at. I have not exhausted none of those styles yet. These people used to sit, I don't think people understand. Like people from the villages used to come around and sit and gather and do their hair for days. Take the mud from the ground and just put it in. Why you think the hair was down to the damn ground? You know what I'm saying? Like, ah, those those are all my references. Any African, any Caribbean people, but the number one is definitely any African tribe, y'all. Just Google it. You're going to be, your mind is going to explode when you see what they were doing hundreds of years ago, right? Why not bring that back? I love it. Why not bring that back? And plus, the protective style is cheaper than getting a wig. And y'all lying about these wigs. They're not easy. <laughs> <Mm-mm>. <laughs> oh, no, I got, no, I got a rant now. No, 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 no. no I got a rant.
0: Come on. You got to end with this because keep that same energy. Go on. Ayo, <laughs> hey,
4: y'all lied through your teeth about these wigs. Y'all are liars, liars, liars. Pants on freaking fire. You know why? I put a goddamn wig on my head a few freaking months ago. That shit was sliding back. My head was itching. I was so uncomfortable. It was tight. It didn't look the right color. The lace was not matching my skin. No, y'all are lying. Y'all giving us these 30-second videos on the internet. It's not real. Girls, don't believe it. Don't believe it. Don't believe it. It took me less time to do this wash and go, it's so it's, Stephanie don't have to do nothing but retwist her hair once every couple months. Okay? Text, though. <laughs> <laughs> and like, y'all lie, and I can't <laughs> stand y'all. y'all. Y'all make us put get these cheap wigs, and it, it's just, oh, uh, oh, uh, and, and you know what I actually really hate, too? I hey. hate that y'all be getting the super, 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 super straight hair. Get something, get your texture. Get your <laughs> texture. Speak on Get it. your texture, what it actually looks like when your hair looks straight. I'm tired of, baby, I'm tired of the Chinese hair on the black head. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. And you see, that's why y'all do so much twisting and trying to create so much body and all this. I always tell my people, give me the kinky hair. Give me the kinkiest mm-hmm. hair you got. I need, I need to see some texture. It needs to be thick. So anyway, that's my rant on wigs. Yes, they do grow your hair. That's probably the only plus. But you do lose your edges because that oh, glue is not good question. for you. Yeah, that glue is not cute. It was painful, and y'all lied. Done with y'all. Don't Look, add
0: don't, me.
1: At okay. <laughs> <laughs> don't at her. Okay.
0: <laughs> thank you so much for sharing with us and being just so full of energy and passion and just like intention. And it's very clearly felt. And I think I speak for all of us when I say thank you for being here and showing up and being part of the culture and pushing culture forward.
4: Thank you, ladies. Thank you for the safe <laughs> space.
0: The Go Off This Podcast is a Refinery29 original. It is produced by Rashad Isaac, Crystal Devone, Jordan Mason, and me, Chelsea Sanders. It's edited by Hangar Studios. My co-hosts today were Kathleen Newman-Bermang, Jessica Hardy, and Stephanie Long. Like what you heard and want some more? Head over to Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you listen to podcasts to catch up on all episodes. And don't forget to drop a review or leave a comment to let us know what you think. You can also find us where it all started, on Instagram, at r29unbothered. Thanks for listening, and don't forget, it's okay to go off, sis.